filling in for Pete, here's Sal Licata. We will have a pair of tickets to give away this hour. Mets first, the Cubbies, and then in the 8 o'clock hour, a pair of Subway Series tickets. If you could stomach the Mets and Yanks. I know for me, going to those games years ago, I couldn't even... I went to them, but it was tough to take, the anxiety I would have uh, with the Yanks. Anyway, 800-321-0710, talking Mets. Right now, it is my pleasure to be joined by Ken Dasha of Q104.3, who is a huge Mets fan. We see you roaming the hallways and try to get our Mets uh, talk in during the break, so I figure why not do it on the air here. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, no, but thanks for taking the time to come in. Are you still, is it called DJ, or how would you? Yes. Because uh, it's D- not, you, know, not, you don't deal with discs anymore. Yeah, but it's still, that's what the job is whether it's air personality or DJ, you know, we're still, people think of a DJ like a guy in a club spinning. There's right. a club DJ, and then there's radio DJ. So radio DJ, host, or, you know, charlatan, you know, highwayman, whatever you <laughs> Just wasn't sure the proper terminology because I know we've evolved to where I mean I'm sure where you there was a time where you were playing in fact records. Oh, listen, yeah, it was the last generation when being a radio DJ, a rock radio DJ, it was like being a train engineer. You had to queue up records right. and all the commercials. We call them carts because they were on like eight track cartridges, and your entire show was spent pulling the right commercials from a rack and you put them in the decks. And it was it was very much hands on, like operating a steam locomotive. Now everything's a mouse click. And people say it's easy, like, no, but then you have to blog, and there's emails, and there's recordings uh, to do, yeah. so it's actually busier now, even though it's not mechanical. Then it used to be just getting the records. I, I When I first started in the business in 2003, I remember carts. They were still using... Really? And I used to have nightmares, because I started on the board. I used to have the board-op nightmares, what we call them, like, you know, not being able to get a cart ready to go. I and- still have the DJ nightmare of the song is running out, <laughs> and I'm in slow motion, and I can't <laughs> hit the button. Every radio host, going back to Alan Freed, has that nightmare my wife's been out of radio for 20 years she still gets the radio nightmare that's crazy isn't it because you're obsessed with making sure you don't have that happen to you the dead air is the worst thing people always say you're afraid that you won't know what to say no the nightmare is you can't start the next record you're in molasses and can't move Oh, it's the worst i actually had one come to fruition one time remember it uh the host was actually chris russo looking at me and i was struggling trying to grab that card Ah, so sal sees me in the hallway just before he said so, how do you feel about the Mets? To which I ask you, how would it feel to get kicked in the head <laughs> every day for a month and then say, are you enjoying it? Yeah. Well, That's, I mean, isn't that being a sports fan? That is exactly what being a sports fan is. Uh, a good friend of mine, the guitarist for Blue Oyster Cult, Eric Bloom. Uh, don't fear the Reaper, burn it for you. Uh, Eric's a big sports fan. He's Mets, Jets, Knicks, Rangers, just like I am. Lots of losses in there. And we, yeah, <laughs> tell me about it. <laughs> and we were going to a Met game last year in between, you know, he goes out on the road a lot with the band, but when the stars aligned, and his wife said to him, I heard the Mets aren't doing too well. And he said to the Mets, You don't go see the Mets because they win. <laughs> You go see the Mets because you're a Mets fan. Ken's a Mets fan. I'm a Mets fan. We don't go. We're not like Johnny Come Lately Yankee fans. Like, oh, they got a good team. I think I'll go out this year. No, no. You're a Mets fan because you're a Mets fan. Yeah, that's right. And you wear it. Now, do you get to talk uh, about the Mets on your show at all? Yeah, of course. I mean, our our audience loves rock and roll and loves sports. And the thing is, you know, after that that false lead, you know, that false hope, the false light of that hot, hot start, I didn't expect them to continue that hot. But I feel like as Met fans, you know, hey, it's a new regime. It's it's Mickey Calloway and Dave Island. Well, guess what? You know what? The new regime, like the old regime, like Terry, you know, and Dan... You, the goods you've got to cook with are the goods you got to cook with. And it doesn't really, I guess, matter too much who the chef is. 
if the meat is two days old, the meat's two days old. Mm, well, that's, I, I'm trying to think. Uh, you, nobody wants to eat bad meat, right? I so, mean, when the meat so goes here's bad, the deal. So you know, and I'm I'm not a stat geek. You probably I don't no, know. No, I'm not. Well, I'm not right. either. So, but you know, as I look at it, so here Jake Degrom has a 1.83 ERA, mm-hmm. and I've always felt, oh, it's his turn to go on the DL because he hasn't yet. He had the Tommy John surgery before he came up. Watch well, just being yeah. Come on, you're being very I, negative. I'm, no, 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 I'm expecting not. the worst. Yes, no, I'm not being negative. I'm being realistic. I'm a Mets <laughs> fan. Why Degrom has been fine. Yes, He'll so it's help. his turn to get hurt now. <laughs> If there are a Met fan within the sound of my voice that doesn't understand what I'm talking oh, about, of course, no. no, I get it. Thor, a 3.1 ERA, very respectable. There's nothing wrong with him. That's Not fine. as good though as it should be right. with him. But the team together has an ERA higher than those two. So you've got two pitchers. That's what we knew, and everything else is guesswork. We're talking with Ken Dashow, of course, uh, famous DJ Q104.3. Uh, you can check him out uh, weekdays, three to three two to seven, seven. two to two seven. seven, yeah. Um, and I'm a huge Met fan here. All right. Well, I've been talking about at the start of the show, trying to stay positive here, not to bury this team just yet. I, I get what, what you're saying. I understand why the fans are upset. I'm one. I mean, look, I right. watched this team play the last three plus weeks. They've been awful. I get that. But it is May 17th. They are 20 and 19. And it's not Ken like it was in. 13 or 14 or even 15 where they didn't have the guys where you were just dying for the team to go out there and add pieces. Right now, to me, they still have the guys. So who are the guys, Sal? Well, Conforto, Cespedes, Frazier, Bruce, Cabrera. I mean, outside of Cabrera... You see Cespedes playing more than 60, 70 games this year? Yeah, I do. I, I think he's going to be fine. He looks, He looks. I said this before, he looks as good as I've ever seen him. Healthy, he's having fun out outside there. Outside of the fact that he can't move. Oh, he looks good, though. He's running around. I mean, I was at the game a couple of Saturday nights ago. I know they lost to the Rockies, but I see He's him. hurt. He yeah. is dead. Well, that's why he's on the DL right now, but he'll, he'll be okay. They put him on the DL to rest him and get him back full bore. I think that they could have kept playing him in a limited role, but they'd rather just rest him for a week or two and get him back fully healthy. You've, to me, you've got a younger, better Adrian Gonzalez right now in Cespedes. He is your leader. He's the best defensive player. He's the best offensive player. But you have to be very strategic of how often you run him out there. When he hit through his cold streak in the beginning of the year, those were wasted games that he could have been resting because I think you have to be that careful with him. He is fragile. He's the best player we have. But he's fragile, especially when you've got a Brandon Nimmo who starts red hot and he can't get into the outfield when there are two guys, Bruce, and yes, they're the big money, big name players. But to me, it's always been about playing the best eight guys you've got out there. And they haven't been doing that. Now, again, Frazier is hurt, Cespedes is hurt, but they will start to do that. I think eventually you're going to have Nimmo, Conforto, Cespedes in the outfield, Bruce at first base. They started to go there, and then the injuries started to happen a little bit, so that got changed. Don't you believe that Conforto is going to get a turnaround? He's not going to be hit 200, Ken, the rest of the year. No, he, he's going to get a turnaround. But the thing is, when... He, I see. I wasn't. A, I'm not a big Jason. I'm not a big Jason Vargas fan. Well, he stinks. He's terrible. How could you be a good Jason? So, but here's the thing. So, I'm looking at his numbers last year. First half of the season, you know, one four, three one, one nine. By the time Vargas gets to July and August, his ERA is seven seven. Yeah, he may be finished. Six. He's hurt. When when is the operation going to happen? Or he's finished, and that's going to be the workhorse. Here's a workhorse for you. There's a rather large older gentleman pitching in mm. Texas who has a two ERA right now. You need somebody who eats up innings, keeps you in games. Um, 
There's a guy who the, all of everybody loves. See, Sal, here's the thing. They're not going to play this bad for too long, and don't panic. We're only in right, May. Right. Everybody keeps saying it's only May. But here's my take on it, and I look at it not just from like a rating standpoint for WOR here or for, for the SNY, but if you stink in July, if you hit the dog days in July, and you hit a bad streak of a month, you can overcome that. It's the middle of the summer. People are away. Well, they'll get it back together. If May is really bad and it lasts into June, if the team is really dead by Memorial Day, it's awfully hard to get people ramped up and excited again by June because people go, oh, the Mets aren't good this year, and they don't come back and check for a couple of months. you got to stay up or at least interesting for a few months to keep fans up and interested, the casual fan, not you and I who will yell and scream about it every day. Right, I know what you're saying, but we're not there yet with this team. It does sound and feel worse than what it actually is, and that's what I kind of opened the show with today. Let's take a deep breath, (laughs) step back. There's still a game over 500. It is only May 17th, and they have the guys that can produce. I mean, they did do it, so maybe the great start, hurts because you had that great feel. Everybody was all excited, and then they go into the tank for three-plus weeks, and then you're like, ugh, here we go again. You're even more frustrated than you would have been. If they just played the season from start till now, even in 2019, we'd all be okay. So that's what I think people need to grasp, that it's not as bad as it has seemed. Not as good as it was the first two weeks, not as bad as it has seemed these last three and a half. It, it really is that bad. No, I mean, these, Ken, come these, on! These, the last three weeks are awful. They, but it's three weeks! Right, it's three weeks of terrible baseball, of no hit, and when we get pitching, you know, we're squeaking out a run here or there. See, I think Wheeler and Matt's are pitching to the level that we expect him to. I don't expect Wheeler right. to be a guy you can count on. Yeah, he can pitch great against the Cincinnati Reds. A half-decent team who can hit, they're going to eat him up alive. Matt's, you can't count on because he could have a good game, but you don't know. We know we have two guys we can count on, right. and that's the problem. You need a third guy. But those two are as good as anybody else in baseball, or at least can be as right. good as anybody else in baseball. So anybody, guy like myself who picked the Mets to win the division this year, and I'm look, I'm not uh, positive. I, I will. I mean, you know, I'll get on them when I have to. So I, be, I truly believed they would win the division this year for multiple reasons. Now it hasn't looked great so far, but the main reason was because you start with Syndergaard and Degrom at the top of your rotation. It's easier to build off of that. It just over the last few weeks, nothing has gone right for this team. I still, I truly do believe that. Uh that Mickey and Dave Island come as advertised. I believe they're pitching whispers. I believe they really understand pitching. They understand how to communicate to a 20-something player, to a millennial. I really believe that they have all that ability. I don't think that's false hope. But if they can't do it, then what is going on with our bullpen? If they can't convince these guys, as we talk about the flat pitches that Wheeler is throwing, if it's not mental and if it's not his release point, Maybe then this is who he is, like one bad game and another game where he can't get out of a couple of innings without the game slipping away from him. We keep talking about all of my friends screaming every time Robles comes in a game. Yeah, well, he why do we? Why do we keep bringing that guy up? Very simple. He's the best we've got. <laughs> no, he can't be no, the best he, we've no, got. Th- Sal, that's yeah. the point. He is. They just brought Buddy Bowman up, right? Yeah. He's got a 13 ERA. Well, he's up because Blevins is on paternity. He's got a 13 ERA. Yeah. I could go out there today and maybe pitch to a 12 ERA. <laughs> You know, I mean, it's not five or six, it's 13, and they called him up. So don't complain about Robles. That's what we've got, because Swarzak goes down, 
and there was no plan B. He was going to eat up a lot of innings. Right. You know, Swarzak was oh, going to be the guy. Remember, I mean, they paid him two years, good money, what, $7.5 or whatever yep, it was per year. for two year. years. He was going to be that guy, so you didn't have to see the buddies and the Robleses of the world. He's down, and now that the fear is because we saw how tough it was last year with injuries, that's the worst part for Met fans is that we're afraid we're sliding back to 2017. Uh, and I understand that, but I am here, Ken, to reassure you and all the Mets fans listening, everything is going to be okay. You want to stay around for another segment? Sure. Take Except quick... I'll say one thing. Go ahead, yeah. You remind me of Kevin Bacon in Animal House saying, okay. everything's yeah. going to be fine. <laughs> Just calm down. Everything is going to be fine. <laughs> Remain calm. Yeah, we know how that worked out. Uh, Alright, 800-321-0710 is the number to call. It's the Sports Zone. Salicata in studio with Ken Dash out right now of Q104.3. Take a quick break. Be back with Ken on the other side. Sports Zone, Voice of New York, 710 WOR. Full banking. You're in the WOR Sports Zone. In for Pete, here's Sal Licata. We're in studio with Ken Dashow, Q104.3. Got Mets tickets to give away this hour, so stay tuned for that. A pair this hour and a pair next hour. We are talking Mets with Ken. Does the Yankees red-hot start bother you at all? Does that make it even worse with the Mets' struggles? I know there are a lot of fans that feel that way, that that's rubbing salt in the wounds. I'll be honest, my fellow Mets fans, I'm a New York fan. Um, I root for the players. You know, it, it depends on who the players were. And this Yankee team, it to me is easy to root for because they seem like good guys. I always root for rookies doing well. Aaron Judge, how could mm. you ever hate an Aaron Judge? To see Giancarlo Stanton finally have a chance to really make some noise and be a showcase like this, from all accounts, a great guy. So, no, I mean, it, it just shows more the disparity of how hot they were. They are, and, you know, how, how the Mets are struggling. But they're an easy team to root for. The, the Yankee teams of Paul O'Neill and Tino Martinez and those guys. I hated those teams. I love those guys. What? They're the nicest guys, and since I've got to met them through the years, those are real gamers. How about Clemens? Have you met him? Uh, no, I wouldn't okay, even good. want to shake his hand. Good, because I was going to say if I saw him in the street, I'd yeah. call him out. I'd want to fight him for what he did to Biazza. Yeah, Exactly. Never, ever, ever. And you know what? I feel that way about A-Rod because he lied through his teeth all the time. You know, st- sued the Yankees, sued baseball, you liars. And then when he's caught red-handed, said, yeah, okay, I did it. Yeah. I hate that. I hate people like that. Fraud. Yeah, and that he's not that he's not talented, and he's a great player, and he's a great broadcaster, but I don't believe a word that he says anymore, like Lance Armstrong. I would rather see, you know, a, a Paul O'Neill who never did any of that, who's a grinder. I've gotten to know some of the David Cohn, one of the nicest mm-hmm. guys you'll ever meet. You know, these are guys who put their heart and soul in the game of baseball and they played in New York. It's easy to root for those guys. Uh how did you become a Mets fan growing up? Um, and, and do you have any regrets about that, Ken? No, none. I mean, my <laughs> my earliest uh, awareness of being alive, truly, is being at Shea Stadium with my parents. We're born and raised in Brooklyn, so it's the Brooklyn Dodgers. And like every Mets fan from Brooklyn, when the Dodgers leave and there's a pall, there's a blackness over the entire borough, you can't just say, well, I'll root for the Yankees, because right. you were a Dodger fan in Brooklyn, or you were a Giants fan if you were in Manhattan, and Yankee fans were in the Bronx. It was very local and specific, because these players lived in your neighborhood. You saw Gil Hodges at the restaurant. You know, these guys, Erskine, these guys were your neighbors, so you rooted for your neighbors. They moved to L.A. You can't root for baseball, so when the Mets came in, what they lost? What a hundred something games? Right. They could have lost one hundred and sixty games. It didn't matter to to my family. Baseball was back, 
So, of course, I'd be a Met fan as I grow up, you know, through the early 60s. It didn't matter. We had a ball because baseball was back. And you know what? I want the Mets to win a World Series, but I still love his visceral passion of going to the game and a hot dog and a beer and seeing my team run out in the field because any day can be the day. You know, as, as bad as they're playing now, they might play the Nats tonight and beat them with right. Vargas on the mound. That's the thing about sports, why I love it, because you just don't know how tonight's going to go. I'll be honest, I was surprised that you said you were okay with the Yankees, just as a Met fan in general, but even more so if you grew up being a Brooklyn Dodger fan. I mean, didn't they hate the Yankees even more than the Mets? Oh yeah, they absolutely did. But the Mets and I had a terrible, terrible divorce in 1977 when they traded a player by the name of Tom Seaver. Okay. And now it all makes sense. And that is a sin. That is a sin. In Italian, the word is Shonda. Mm. It's a horrible, it's actually Yiddish. It's a, when you hurt, when you pull the soul of a team out like that, you pull the face of the franchise out and trade him for, you know, Steve Henderson was a good guy. Pat Zachary, sure, he's a good guy. You just ripped out my heart. And the timing couldn't be worse because 77, I have no baseball. And the Yankees are winning. And it's funny because there's this circus going on up there with Billy Martin and Thurman Munson and the pitchers and Reggie and Billy. And now you're watching one of the great acts in the world. That Those teams were very much the 86 Mets. Fist fights every single night, drinking, going nuts. A manager who's insane, and they're winning. So it was easy with missing baseball to suddenly become a Yankee fan. Not not that I'm, oh, right, I'm switching right. allegiances, but I got to watch great baseball in New York. And that's when, for the first time in my life, I watched Yankee games, and I thought, I can root for this team. I don't have the heart in it like I right, do for the Mets, right. but I can enjoy this and ride with them. And how did you get on your second marriage with the Mets? Was it 86? Was it before that? It was It was before that. When, when Keith came and then Gary comes, and as we're building the 80s team, you know, then I see like, okay, this is different. This is this is building it the right way, piece by piece. And you know, just like the Yankees have now, look, all of their rookies worked out beyond their wildest dreams. And it's these guys are very talented. But remember, for all the years that people were calling for Brian Cashman's head, yeah, this I guy know. is an idiot. He's the worst general manager. He's got an open checkbook. You should win the World Series every year. Mm. Proof of how hard it is to get lucky that Aaron Judge becomes Aaron Judge. And doesn't become Brandon Nimmo, who only now, five years later, is starting to show what they thought he might be able to do. I mean, they've hit on everybody. It's been remarkable to watch. We're in studio with Ken Dasho, Q104.3. You touched on Seaver uh, obviously being traded. We know what that meant to Met fans at the time. Even I know. I wasn't alive then, but even I know how horrible that was. And I always thought that I may experience similar with Matt Harvey. Now, dating back a few years, I would say if the Mets trade Harvey or if they don't resign Harvey, fold up shop, what's the point? And obviously we got to a point where not only did they not have to think about resigning him or not trading him, or, I mean, you know, look, they DFA'd him and, yeah. and eventually traded him, but a sad, shocking end to Matt Harvey. What is your feeling on the whole Harvey thing? I was all in on Harvey. I saw the second coming of Tom Seaver, a guy with heart and soul who's smart, who pitched his heart out. And you know what? With all of his playboy attitude and and palling around and, and hanging out all night and missing practices and things, and all that's wrong, but you know what? Never forget you know, Game 5, mm. running out to that mound. This guy gave us everything he had, tore up his arm, tore up his shoulder for the Mets, and I'll never forget that. The flip side is, 
Was he a good teammate? Did he encourage his teammates? Was he part of it? There's a lot of questions flying around. I don't know if you saw the the rumor going around about what's in Harvey's locker now at City Field. No, I did not. Oh, yeah, the hot dog stuff? There's a hot dog cart like to, to heat hot dogs that allegedly allegedly is in Matt Harvey's locker. If his fellow players did that, that says a lot. I don't think he was well-liked. Now, I, I don't, don't think so either. I don't know that. I've heard some stuff. I don't think, well, look, I don't even need to be in there, Ken, to realize that he wasn't a good teammate, that he was selfish. I mean, showing up late for the postseason games, not showing up at all one day. I mean, Matt Harvey, now, he's been. Now, flip side, people I love, look at Cespedes, look at Todd Frazier, look mm-hmm. at Jay Bruce. For all the Latin players to say we look up to Jay Bruce, you know, as as middle, you know, sort of middle America you know, white guy as there is in baseball to embrace all the young Latin players, talk to them, take them out to dinner. Tell me about where you grew up. Tell me about your home life. For Frazier and Cespedes to immediately be friends, I'll always root for that core of people. Because this team, the thing that always holds me to the Mets, even though I'm so depressed that they're not doing well, this is so such a great group of guys. You can see it the way they root. Not just the salt and pepper grinder things. Mm. This team cheers its lungs out for each other. So if they are cheering each other on, I'll always cheer them on. They're good guys. So before you leave, I want to get you <laughs> to a point where you are not depressed and you start to believe in this team. Guys, as you just said, Ken, are easy to root for. They have good chemistry, which is a big thing. You could have the, all the talent in the world. If you don't have team chemistry and you don't play for each other, you aren't winning. They have that. You like Mickey Calloway. You believe in him in both island. They have the pieces here, Ken. They're a game over on May 17th. You got the Diamondbacks and Marlins coming in for six games at City Field. This is the beginning. Tomorrow starts the turn in the other direction. <laughs> From your mouth to God's ears. Look, if Cespedes comes back and can play a bit more and be healthy, if Frazier can come back and start to hit, if Jay Bruce can start to hit, if Conforto can start to hit, we can out-hit some of our lousy pitching. We can win some games 7-5. We can win some 8-4 games. That's how we were so hot in the early first few weeks of the season is we would get those 7th, 8th inning rallies and hit past the mistakes. But this team is going to have to hit past mediocre pitching once you get through the first two starters. Uh, at least they have the pieces in place. I am going to choose to believe. And, and now, look, I'm not saying they're going to go out and win the World Series. But I do think they are going to compete and contend. The last three weeks has been nothing close to competing or contending. I think that will get turned around. I hope so, because I want to root for this team for the rest of the summer. Otherwise, it's going to be a long, hot summer. It's funny. My wife, during the six-game, you remember the six-game homestand they get swept by the Rockies yeah. and Braves. I think it was the last game of that series. She was asking me, oh, did the did the Mets win today? Or something like that. Who? Uh, what was the Mets score? I said 2-1. She said, uh, who won? I said, not them. Well, well, how long is this current losing streak? And I said 32 years. It has, <laughs> it has been a long time since we've seen this team. You remember 86 vividly? Vividly, I was at every game in a weird confluence of things. My dad, who first took me to the Mets, you know, who brought me in, he passed away during the Houston series. Wow. And oh, I'm, my God. My, so my heart is broken that my dad is gone, and I honestly thought... I'm going to honor him. I have these tickets. I'm going to these games to honor my dad. And, you know, to somebody who doesn't get baseball, that might seem like the most callous 
stupid, obnoxious thing to do. But if you're a sports fan, yeah. I don't care if it's... It could be lacrosse. You know you're going to the game because you feel your dad sitting with you every single day. And the emotions that you have together, even right. though he's not there with you, you know what he'd be feeling. Yeah, right. of course. You know, Lenny Dykstra hits that home run. Oh. We're crying, we're screaming, but I'm crying harder than anybody yeah. in that stadium. That ball rolls through Bill Buckner's legs. Nobody was crying and laughing more than I was that night, thinking, Dad, I don't know how you did this. I don't know how you pulled this off, but they needed that 10th guy in the field, and you managed to pull this that off. That is incredible. It gives me goosebumps listening to that. Fantastic Listen, story. That's what sports does. It builds bonds. It builds memories, just like music does. Mm. When I think of concerts that I've seen, when somebody tells me, I was at that show, you turned me on to this. Paul McCartney closing Shea Stadium with Billy Joel. Paul McCartney opening City Field. The greatest night at City Field so far has been Paul McCartney playing City Field. And you're thinking, yeah, good mojo. This is good mojo. We've got Paul playing at City Field. Good things will happen from here on. Yeah, well, and they've yet to happen, of may, course. May I share one last thing? Yeah, sure. Baseball mojo. And it's my wife's theory. My wife, Jane, she comes up with it. And until proven wrong, I'll go with this. She says, until they change the name, to make it Shea St- City Field at Shea Stadium. Until they bring back the name of Bill Shea, he's going to put the Maloikio on this team <laughs> and keep breaking all our players until the Shea Bridge obviously is not enough for him. The he apple wants, and the bridge is not enough? Not enough. He wants, he wants more, and then he'll stop hurting all of our players. Have you gone out to a game this year? Yeah, I went to opening day, and I caught a couple of games, and hopefully along the summer. Listen, it doesn't matter what they do. I'm always going to go to City Field yeah, to sure. root for my match. Yeah, sure. It's great. I mean, it's great to go out there. And it's, it's beautiful. The food is great. You know, and I mm. just love the experience, and people are really friendly. This, and I mean the staff, everybody out there. They're rooting for the team, and they're nice to the fans. I've been to some places where they're not so nice. And when a ballpark's nice to kids and nice to fans, it makes it easy to come back. Hopefully, for once, the nice guys can win. All right. Uh, thanks, Ken. I appreciate uh, the few minutes. Sal, have so much fun doing this with you. Thank yeah, you so much. Yeah, it's always a pleasure me. having you. This is great talking to you. I learned, I mean, some great stories there. I had no idea. So, I mean, appreciate you taking the time to share it. We're 40 minutes in here now, Jesus. Anytime. You're going to have to invoice, Ken. <laughs> to invoice iHeart. Uh, right, Ken Dash out Q104.3. Uh, we'll be back with your calls. We'll do more Mets, Yanks, whatever it is that's on your mind. 800-321-0710. Sal Akata in for Pete McCarthy, the voice of New York in the Sports Zone on 710 WOR. This is the WOR Sports Zone. Filling in for Pete McCarthy, here's Sal Licata. I can talk to Ken Dasho all night. He's got great stories. Obviously, you know, he's a great baseball fan, Met fan, so it was fun to talk to him for a little bit. We always appreciate him taking the time. 800-321-0710. We'll get back to your calls in a second. Just reading through uh, the Twitter mentions, and one guy, I, I said today, jokingly, of course, tweeted out, uh, with no baseball, no local baseball, Mets and Yanks both off, why don't we have an imaginary game, Jason Vargas versus the Mets lineup, who wins? So, of course, the responses were pretty funny, blah, 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 blah. One uh, one guy responded, says, the real question is, why does Vargas get paid more than Noah, Lugo, DeGrom, Wheeler, Mats, and Gazelman combined? Now, I don't know that to be factual, but I would not be shocked if that's the case. But when somebody writes it like that, when you see it in print, that is, that's, I mean, that's, come on, that's not right. And then you wonder why guys, you know, when they get to free agency, are not going to sign for a dime less than whatever they could get on the open market. Is that actual? Is that actually correct, producer Mark? I mean, maybe we could look that up. How is that possible that Vargas? He's only making eight million this year. You're telling me Syndergaard, Degrom, Lugo. I know Lugo's not making anything. I know Gazelma's not making anything. 
I guess Mats and Wheeler aren't making much either. DeGrom and Noah, they, they're not making even a couple. They haven't hit arbitration I yet. know, but still, don't they get... Uh, um, maybe not. I guess not. All those guys don't even add up to what Jason Vargas is getting? That's not right. That should not happen, and that's why you have a problem with Major League Baseball's free agent system and why guys don't get paid. Guess how much Noah Syndergaard is making this year. He's he's making, what, under 800000 uh, 600,000. Oh my god. What's the Grom making? Hold please. Okay. I mean, I I guess I shouldn't be shocked, but baseball needs to fix their free agent system because you can't have guys performing for the amount of years that Jacob DeGrom has had and not getting paid and Jason Vargas getting 2 years 16 million dollars. The guy can't get through the first inning without giving up 100 runs. I mean, that's that's a big problem. So, uh anyway, thanks to who tweeted that Peter tweeted us. Um, giving me that uh, that info there again. Not that you don't think that that's the case, but you just don't think about those things, right? It'd be bad enough that Vargas is making more than Syndergaard or Degrom solo, but all those guys combined. It's actually wrong because uh, Degrom is making seven point four this year. Okay, well he's making seven point four million. Yes, so that is incorrect. Okay, figured. Uh, all right. Well, thank you, Peter, for the misinformation. Uh, let's forget it. Anyway, it is interesting to think about, and the free agent system still needs to get fixed. Paul is in West Babylon. Oh, boy. What's on your mind, Paul? Hey, Sal. I was just listening to you and Ken, and I was like, boy, let's be like Aaron Rodgers. Let's all just relax a little while. Just relax. It's mm-hmm. not even like too, you know, when, when this, when, in 1977, I remember when they got rid of Tom Seaver. It broke my heart, and then they got rid of him again. Everybody just calm down. There's no reason. The pitching is going to come around. I don't think Cespedes is going to amount to anything, but every other young guy. I want to see... What do you mean you don't think... Time. What do you think? Cespedes is going to be hurt? He's on a 10-day DL, Paul. He'll be fine. Oh, he'll be back on the DL. He'll be back. I've had quad injuries like like he had before. It takes a long time to shake him. Well, but it's... We'll see. I, I hope, you know, I hope you're, you know, I hope I'm wrong because I want to see him out there. You know, 25... What's he making? $25 million? You know, and then this is, we got to get the exact number for Cespedes, but yeah, something like that. And thanks for the call, Paul. And this is why you wonder, people wonder why the Mets don't want a DL, guys. This is exactly why. Because if they do put him on the DL, then it's always, instead of just taking it for what it is, 10-day DL, they're resting him for a couple of weeks to get him 100% healthy. Instead of that, it turns into, oh, he's on the DL, here we go again, he's going to be out six weeks, he's going to be out four months. It's not the case. He's allowed to have a couple of days on the DL. Let him have a two-week stint, 10-day stint. And then he'll come back refreshed and ready to go. And that has happened, too. You know, and by the way, people keep talking about Mickey Calloway and how the staff has disappointed under Calloway and Island. They're supposed to be better. Well, his number one priority was to get these guys healthy. And knock on wood, they have been healthy. Just haven't performed as well as you would have liked. Gene is in Jersey. What's up, Gene? Uh, yeah, my question is, uh, do you have an idea of why DeGrom pitched so poorly in his last outing? Um, I don't. I mean, you could chalk it up to the extra rest, uh, you know, coming off of you know, the hyperextended elbow issue. Uh, you could chalk it up to maybe the rain delay that got that game started, or, or the game was delayed before it got started. I, I don't know what the issue is. Maybe it was just a bad outing for him, or a bad inning. I mean, he wasn't even allowed to have an outing because he threw 45 pitches to get out of that first inning. I never saw him pitch that badly. Well, he didn't pitch that badly, Gene. He, got out, he didn't give up a run. 
Well, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know what you're saying, and thanks. No, for th- no, but, but his pitch count went way up. Oh yeah, well, no, 45 pitches in one inning is, I mean, you know, that that's horrible for anybody, especially Jacob Degrom. But Gene, what you saw in that, and thank you for the call, was yes, he walked three guys, not good, and then was able to do what Jacob Degrom does and battle through and get out of it unscathed. I mean, that was impressive. That was as interesting an inning as I've ever seen, I think, in a regular season baseball game. And maybe interesting is not even the right word. It was There was a lot to that. There was drama there. That was a big game for the Mets. In, on the road in Philadelphia, team you're trying to get in the standings, right? Mets looking to make it two in a row there with the rain-shortened series. And you have your ace on the mound, and he walks three guys, and you're thinking, oh, here we go. And then he gets the first one. And then you're battling, gets the second one. And then you figure out, can he get out of this? And he does just that. It was a... I mean, certainly uh, a tale of two Jacob DeGroms, first three and the next three that he faced. And then I was a little surprised to see him done after those 45 pitches in that first inning. But I understood it. Guy throws 45 pitches in the first inning the way that he does and battles through that. You could understand it a little bit. You don't want a guy taxed that much. And plus how much, you know, I guess the numbers would say how much better he's going to be the rest of the way. He could have settled down, but how long is he going to go anyway? Even if he throws 10 pitch innings the rest of the way, you're talking about 85 pitches to get through. And that's not realistic to get through five innings. Plus the hyperextension stuff. There's a lot there. But I don't. I wouldn't say that Degrom was so bad. Nor do I have the answer to why he struggled that first inning. But I gave you a couple of reasons why potentially that was the case. When we come back, Mets tickets to give away eight hundred three two one zero seven. We'll talk to John Harper of the Daily News eight oh five. Get his take on both the Mets and the Yankees. Two pairs of Mets tickets. One this hour, which is coming up in a little bit. One in the eight o'clock hour. That's the Subway Series tickets. You want to stay tuned for that. All ahead on the Sports Zone with Salicata filling in for Pete McCarthy on the Voice of New York seven ten WOR. Now, you're in the WOR Sports Zone. Filling in for Pete, here's Sal Licata. Right now, your chance to win a pair of tickets to the Mets take on the Cubs May 31st out at City Field. Be caller number 13 at 800-321-0710. And you're the winner. Purchase tickets at Mets.com slash tickets. Mets, Cubs, May 31st, caller 13. There's the first pair in the books. Next pair we will do at some point next hour, and it will be Subway Series tickets. This time, I promise, we have the paper right in front of me. All right, Fran is in Massapequa. Fran, what's up? Hey, what's up, Sal? Professional caller here. How you doing? How are you, Fran? Oh, God. I don't know. Where do I want Where do I? First of all, basketball is uh, pretty predictable, but you got to give LeBron a lot of credit. Let me just say that. I got to talk about the Mets, my man. Where do I start? I mean, if you think about it, a few years ago, we're dreaming as Mets fans. We got the three pitches, the three, four guys. It's supposed to, everything's supposed to be good. You got tests for this. And it just seems like it, it, everything's gone downhill. Ever since that Harvey, when Harvey in that World, in that World Series game gave up, the, you know, that, that when he didn't come out and he should have come out, Ever since then, it just seems like it's all gone downhill. They did, the make, they did make the wild card game, Fran, in 2016. No, you're right. They gave us, and you know what? That was one hell of a year. So I apologize for that. You're right. The misery has made me forgot about that for a minute. So you know what? No, no. And I'm dead serious. You're 100% right because that year was a phenomenal year. At the end of the year, they came back 
You're right. That wild card year was Well, and think year. about it, Fran. It was the second time in the history of the franchise that they made the playoffs in back-to-back years. I mean, that's a big deal. No. You're right. You're right. And listen, the only reason why we don't love the Mets even more and, you know, we, we get a little more accurate is because of the Yankees. You know, it's like having that older brother who's always got the hot chicks at the house in the pool or always going out with his friends doing the thing and you want to be just like, you know, you know, it's just – it is what it is. I hate the Yankees. I hate the Yankee fans, really. And it just, but they, they just know how to do it somehow. Look at, I mean, the Mets franchises, I mean, the Mets uh, dreams have, have just done it 180. And all of a sudden, now the Yankees, guys you didn't even know of, they got like nine guys. They trade the closer. They, they get a couple of good guys, real good guys. They work out. Then they get the closer back. I mean, it's just atypical. There's nothing you can do. If you're a Mets fan, it's just it's 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 very simple. You gotta wait. I guess it's every like one to every ten years, eight to ten years, somebody that an average, we get a great year, and I guess that's what we gotta look for. And someone made fun of me once because they said that that wild card year was a phenomenal year, and they were like, "Oh, you didn't win the World Series," and I said that, and I called up again, and I said, With, "As a Mets fan, I know you want to win the World Series, but it's so hard to." that you can have an incredible year as a fan rooting for your team without them winning a championship. I truly believe yeah, that. Yeah, of course you That's can. It, call, it, uh, yeah, Fran, Fran thanks. Uh, don't be a stranger. Uh, appreciate the call. Of course you could have a good year without winning a World Series. I mean, otherwise, come on. Or a Super Bowl, whatever it may be. As a sports fan, you have to enjoy certain years. Now, when the expectations turn to World Series or bust, that is different. In 2015, that was not the case. I mean, the Mets came out of nowhere to go to the World Series. That was a terrific year. I came up short, and when you get that close, you want to take advantage of it and win those things. They didn't. Okay, it happened. Still a terrific year. 16, all the circumstances considered, that was a good year. Getting into the playoffs with all those injuries, lost, tough loss in the wild card game at home, Syndergaard versus Bumgarner, it happens. Last year was the aberration. That's what they're hoping. That's what I believe. Now, what does that mean? Does it mean playoffs? Who knows? But I don't. this team is far from done on May 17th. And I do think the Yankees' success and what was supposed to be rebuilding years, they're having great success. I do think that that hurts. All right, we'll be back with John Harper of the Daily News, 8.05. Right now, the news.